Good Morning World, David Tittle, coming at you again from every place. How is everyone? Hope everyone is fine. Hope everybody is enjoying the holiday weekend as long as we're being safe. Am I right? Of course I am. Thank you very much for tuning in. I greatly appreciate that. At the outset of my program, I would like to thank two countries in Europe for uh, subscribing and picking up my podcast. Um, number one is Ireland and number two is Germany. Thank you very much. It warms my heart to see that um, people all over the world are enjoying what little I have to say, the contributions that I place in people's minds or food for thought for that matter. So thank you very much. I really appreciate it for all you people who have been with me and for your your new friend, the new friends that I'm picking up. Please feel feel free to subscribe to my podcast. Press the subscribe button or the like button. And um, if there's any feedback that you want from me, please feel free to get in contact, get in contact with me as soon as possible through either um, email or through my podcast. And I will address any subject, any subject that you would like me to address. It will be, of course, in my opinion, which is the name of my, my program, but I might be able to help you at some point. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Europe, for coming aboard. Now, into today's topic. I'd like to admit something, something that I don't usually tell anybody. <laughs> but I am, I'm a slave to fashion. I always have been. I am what you would consider a fashionist. I, would, I am what you would consider an aficionado. Um, I'm one of those fancy dressing guys. <laughs> I, I've always been that way. I mean, I don't think that um, people who enjoy fashion and who, who enjoy clothing and the like uh, style. I mean, it's, I believe it's something that you you're born with because style and fashion is different. Everybody's style is not the same, nor should it be, because we would all look the same and we would look and it, the world would be a dull place to live if we all look the same. So having said that, um, the few things that I want to mention today is because I, I, I don't, I don't want to talk about or directly to women because I'm not a woman and women tend to look upon fashion differently than men. I think men get the short end of the stick when it comes to fashion. Women have it much easier. I think they have much more of a variety than we do. I think they have, um, when it comes to jewelry, when it comes to dresses, when it comes to shoes, I mean, they're just lavished like uh, tropical birds uh, with colors and, 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 and textures. Whereas men, we... We, you know, we're just men. <laughs> That's the way we're being treated. Um, I was disappointed to find out that two of my, one of my uh, biggest 
uh, fashion stores has just closed its doors for goods. It's applied for bankruptcy. And that's Barney's and Brooks Brothers. Brooks Brothers has been a mainstay in New York and around the world for years. Barney's, another one. Um, uh, hats, uh, haberdasheries, or clothing, clothing stores that are part of what's being closed down today. Um, most of the men's fashion is being sold online. Macy's is still around. Um, we have some more that are coming coming up. Uh, Cole Hahn for shoes and what have you. Um, <laughs> men have been changing their fashion as well as women for a number of years now. As I told you a long time ago, I, I'm 100 years old. So I've seen fashion come and go. Fashion changes. But in its infancy and the way fashion changes, it actually stays the same. What's old is new and what's new is old. My parents used to tell me that. I would, my sisters and I would come out when we would think that we were looking cool and dressing up. And our parent, my parents used to say, we did that. 30, 40 years ago, we wore that. All that has happened is the designer has just tweaked it. That's all. Put another color on it, cut it a different way, styled it a different way. But the point that I want to try to get to young men, because young men today don't seem to have the same fashion sense that I did when I was growing up 100 years ago. The fashion sense that I had when I was growing up was basically casual, um, and then there was what we would call a preppy look, and then there was the suit, the suit and tie, the business aspect of your fashion, your clothing. Uh, the suit and tie seems to be dead. That's what I've noticed. Uh, I never got into the baggy pants and the big oversized shirts. I don't mind an oversized sweater every now and then. You're at the beach, you're out at night, you want to wear a, something that's oversized that keeps you warm. I don't mind that. For men, I'm, I'm only referring to men now. Um, that's something that is personal, and I like it. But uh, the baggy pants, you know, the belt around, you know, the crack of your back, and, you know, the baggy pants, you know, the, 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 the triple uh, overlap over your sneakers. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm old. It just doesn't do it for me. But fashion has changed since then. That was, I'd say, 25, maybe almost 30 years ago. It's changed. Now they're doing the skinny thing, the skinny thing. And um, let me just go here. Before I go there, I'm sure most people around the world know who Dwayne Johnson is, The Rock. Now, he's a man that obviously spends a lot of time on his body in the gym. And I couldn't understand why and how someone that size could wear clothing so tight. I said to myself, at, at, at any moment, when he bends over or he stretches his arm, he's going to rip his seams. Has to. He's too big. Clothes are too tight. Then I found out 
that the material that has been used for that type of tight-fitting clothing is spandex. Okay, now I get it. I'm not really into spandex. I don't have the body for it. It's, it's a little youthful for me. I'm not going there. But when it comes to men's fashion, I'm not going to try to tell you how to dress or what to choose to be fashionable. What I want to point out is that there are certain items that if a man has in his closet, it's the classic that will never go out of style, never be fashionable or never go out of fashion. I think every well-dressed man, young man, who's coming along, growing up, maybe college, coming out of college, getting ready to uh, go job hunting, want to date young women and what have you. I think that two suits that a man should always have in his closet. The first two suits that he ever buys, I think he should purchase either a navy blue serge suit, any style. I mean, it could be that spandex or it could be skinny legs. A navy blue suit does not have to be pinstripe. This is a classic decision to buy a navy blue classic suit or a dark gray, gunmetal gray suit. And the reason that I use those two is because number number one, they're classics. And number two, they will never go out of style. And number three, they can be used for all occasions. If you have to go out in the evening, you can wear a dark blue suit, perfectly suitable. It works, a navy suit. Does not need to be black. You can also wear a dark, a dark blue suit, navy, navy blue suit, or a, a, a gray, a, a gunmetal gray suit to a funeral. You don't need a black suit. A black suit would be nice. It's most acceptable around the world for mourning, but you don't need it. You could wear either a navy blue or gray. If you have a little more money and you want to go pinstripe, okay, that's your choice. But those two colored suits are, I think, the mainstay. I think that should be the foundation that young men build their wardrobe on. Now, what they, where they go from there, is up to them. That's their business. That's their concern. But those two suits will never let you down. A pair of Oxfords, a pair of black shoes. They don't have to be expensive. They don't have to be pointy-toed. A pair of black shoes. Black shoes will go with both suits and they can be interchangeable with practically anything. Now, since I've said that about the men, <laughs> let me go into my discussion about the women. 
I mean, as I said, I, I don't, I don't profess to know anything uh, about women's fashion that other than what I've grown up with and what I've seen and what I like. But I think every woman, every woman should have a black outfit, a black dress. Does not have to be a skinny black dress because there are not a lot of skinny women. Some are, some aren't. The women come in all shapes and sizes and they're all beautiful. I think they should have women, young girls, to start off their wardrobe, their collection of fashion. I think they need a black outfit because the black outfit will never let you down. It will always work. Whether it's a dress, a skinny dress, an A-line skirt, a flowered, when I say flowered, I mean one of the, I, I don't know what they call them. Those, um, they have the A-line and then they have the ones that are a little fuller around the hips and waist. Or, if you want to go suit, a black suit. Pants. Because you can always dress that up. That black suit in a woman's wardrobe can always be jazzed up. If you want to go fashion, high fashion dress at, in the evening, you're going to a party, to a cocktail party or some uh, business meeting, all you have to do is accessorize. If you put on gold, silver, earrings, jewelry, patent leather pumps, patent leather flats, you got it made. Classic. Classic. And if you really want to go classic, you buy a Chesterfield. A Chesterfield suit for a woman would be perfect. That's the one with the velvet collar. For those who may not know. If you can afford or you want to buy a dress, if you are of the size and you want to have a, a nice dress, to wear and you want to you don't mind showing legs and, and wearing pumps wearing heels then a nice uh, simple black dress in your closet is I think what young women can start to build their wardrobe on once you have that in your closet you can go any place you could use it on all occasions and most occasions that it would be called for would be in the evening and that black will never let you down. Okay? That's just my opinion. Now, I'd like to switch gears for a moment. I really don't like talking about this because it's politics. But I will. I mean, I can go off and I can rattle on about this over and over and over again. We are in a turning point in history. We are at a threshold where we're either going to get it right or we're going to screw it up. I'm going to tell everyone again, we're less than a month out from, or maybe a little more than a month from the election. Everybody's got to get out and vote. You, you have to, you have to, it, if you don't know who you're going to vote for by now, 
That means you haven't been paying attention. And in my opinion, I don't even think you should be able to vote. But you have the right. Okay. I don't, I don't think it's a very smart thing to wait until the last minute to decide. Because people who do that are voting, I think, for the wrong reasons. And are voting under the auspices of emotion as opposed to facts. Because say what you want to about Hillary Clinton, the last election, she won the popular vote. She was the most qualified. You may not have liked her, but she was the most qualified. Yet he won the electorate college. So we don't want that kind of mistake to happen again. Yes, Joe Biden, I don't agree with everything Joe Biden says. I don't think that he has all the answers, but I think compared to what we have, this change is what we need because I think what we have right now in the White House is a disaster. And I think everyone, I think a large majority of the country would agree with that, even the world. He has a group of people who the president, Donald J. Trump, has a group of people that Hillary Clinton so aptly named the basket of deplorables. These people are going to vote for Donald J. Trump no matter what. You can drop in a, a nuclear bomb, they're still going to vote for Donald Trump. That's it. it. Everything is tribal now. Everything is clannish. It's my, me against you. There's no, there's no melting. There's no coming together. There's no, I have friends. I, I'm neither a Democrat nor a Republican, but I have friends that are both. And I do understand their points of view. And I think that what we need is we need to calm down, listen, talk to one another, listen to what one another has to say, and then make some sort of common decision that is going to be helpful for both sides. Once we do that, we are at least on the right road to getting out of this quagmire that we're in today. And one of the things that must be number one on our agenda is this pandemic. Now, let me say this. I have a lot of friends that are, now I'm going to get a little astrological. I have a lot of friends, astrology. This is, this is a, an area that I've, I grew up in the 60s. Come on, I was a hippie. What do you want from me? Um, I know a lot of people that are Gemini's and this man is a typical Gemini. Okay. That's the sign of two people. You know, he's two people in one. There may be four in there. Okay. <laughs> now, everybody thinks that Donald Trump is running the White House. I had the uh, opportunity when I was in New York to meet Donald Trump. I don't know the man, but I met him twice. I also met Rudy Giuliani twice. I don't know either one of them, but I did meet them. 
and I think I'm a pretty perceptive individual. Donald Trump is not as smart as Giuliani. Donald Trump, when I met him, just seemed like an empty shell. He's not an unintelligent man. I just think he's not very smart. What's going on today, the division, the clannishness, the party joining, he has totally usurped and taken over the Republican Party. He's turned, into, he's turned it into something that I don't even recognize. And I think most people would say that. Donald J. Trump is not smart enough to do what's happening now. Divide and conquer. Divide the country. Spread fear in the country, in the country that um, looters and, and rapists and, and, and all kinds of... Uh, the purge is going to happen and they're going to come in your neighborhoods and, oh my God, they're going to take over the world. Donald Trump is not smart enough to think of that nor to plan it and even pull it off. I'm going to give you a little ditty. Here's my conspiracy side of it. When Donald Trump is up all night long tweeting, people think that he's up all night long tweeting. I'm going to tell you who's pulling his chain. There's a little man, a little man, Across the lake, over the pond. He's in Russia. He's been his man from day one. You never hear him say anything about that little man over there. He doesn't say anything about people that were being poisoned and killed and chopped up and, and people falling out of windows that disagree with him. The man is put himself in office dictatorially for life, as has Xi Jinping, which Donald Trump wants to follow suit with. That is the guy who's pulling Donald Trump's chain. Now, he is a hell of a lot smarter than Donald J. Trump. And he is coaching him, in my opinion, and pulling his strings getting him to sow dissension and to divide this country, this great nation of ours, the United States of America, teaching him how to say, how to play on certain fears, how to divide people. They did the same thing in Germany. They did the same thing under the Hitler regime. And they're doing it now, dividing people. And I don't think most people want to be divided. I think most people, the rich, are, the rich are going to be rich. And they're not going to share very much wealth with you or I. Let's be honest. But the middle class is what's being destroyed. The common folk, the lower middle class and the middle middle class, upper middle class, they're the ones that are being destroyed. The poor, the bottom half of the country is going to be poor. We will always have poor people in the world. But they can be helped. Every sentient being should have a voice. Every sentient being should have health care. 
you may not have the same health care as the president or some senator or some multi or Jeff Bezos, the head of Amazon. You may not have the same health care he has, but you should have some health care. You should not die like an animal in the street because of your government's l lack of action that they're not helping you. The government, I, I do not believe in big government. And to phrase part of what, of the, what the Republicans are saying, this is my conservative side. There, there, there are things that the Democrats say that I don't agree with. Yet I am somewhat of a liberal. But there's certain sides and, and, and aspects of me and thoughts that I have that are extremely conservative. I don't believe in giving money to everybody. I don't believe in a whole lot of here, 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 here. I don't think that helps anybody at all. I think you need to help people get an education and get on their own two feet. And once people get educated, once people are educated, and once people become independent and become self-reliant, they will feel better about themselves and they will contribute more to the community, to the world, to the neighborhood, to the school, and to their families, and they will feel better about themselves. That's my opinion. And having said that, I'd like to say goodbye. Be safe, enjoy the holidays, be respectful of one another, wear your mask, social distance from one another. This is David Mary's baby boy, Deborah and Diana's little brother. Letting you know that it's been a stone cold blast. And remember, if David isn't on your podcast, then your podcast is not really on. Good morning, America. How are you? This is David Tittle coming at you from everywhere. How are you? Hope all is well. Hope everybody is fine. It's been a minute since I've been here. Seven days. I usually do my broadcast on Sundays. Uh, I'd like to say hello. Hope everybody is healthy and staying safe, washing their hands, and uh, wearing face masks. Uh, it's very important. I've subscribed to it, and I hope everyone else does. Um, I want to talk to you today about something that I think is going to be the future of our nation, if not the world. Um, what's important is that um, we have to recognize that we have a lot of strife, a lot of discord that's going on in the world. I really don't want to, or did I feel as though it was necessary for me to talk about politics 
as heavily as I think I need to do between now and the election. I believe it's only 52 days. The election in my lifetime, I have seen a few elections that have been pivotal and I'd like to discuss them. Uh, the first election that um, comes to mind was President Nixon because of the Vietnam War. That was a very pivotal point in history and it needed to be addressed. And there was a lot of turmoil, a lot of blood spilled in the streets. But in the end, we got out, we changed the course of our country. Whether you consider it for better or for worse, that's immaterial. But we did change the course of our country. And I think, in my opinion, which is the name of my show, I think it was for the best. Um, the second election that, no, I'm sorry, I'm terribly sorry. The first election that I think was extremely pivotal in our country's history was my first election, which was John F. Kennedy. That was a very pivotal point in history in my lifetime. I already told you I'm 100 years old. So you know what I mean. Um, Kennedy's election was very pivotal. It was important and it ushered in the civil rights movement in a great way, a big way. And um, there were extreme changes and things that were taking place during the 60s that needed to be addressed and were addressed. And I think that they were spearheaded by a great man, John F. Kennedy, along with um, Dr. Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and uh, Muhammad Ali and a few other great individuals during that time period. Um, two men who have come back in our history books today, um, Woodward and Bernstein. Um, as I said, the second election was Richard M. Nixon. Okay, that was about a decade later. The third election, which I think was very pivotal, um, was Ronald Reagan. Now, if you do a little reading and you uh, check up on history, you'll see how that election pivoted for a decade, a lot of what's going on today in the United States of America, if not around the world. Um, it ushered in uh, a horrendous uh, drug movement that came from the South um, while the government was um, engaging in propping up minor dictators and for the lack of a better terminology, getting into bed with uh, drug cartels. Um, Oliver North, you know the whole stories. Uh, you can read them, uh, they're historical facts, and you can check up and check on what I'm saying. Um, this particular election that we're coming into now is another pivotal point in, that I think in our history that's going to have to be addressed. Um, I think the golden idiot that we have in the White House right now is probably one of the worst figureheads 
that the United States of America during my lifetime has ever had in the White House or even a figurehead. Uh, there are a lot of people that I disagree with um, for their political views um, or their religious views, but the kind of discourse that's being stoked in this country needs to be checked. And there are two things that are very important that I want to discuss with you today. And what they are is that I don't believe, and I want you to think about this, do a little research and think about this. The Republican Party is stoking the public and dividing this country and they're using Black Lives Matter. Now, this is just my opinion. I don't think that there's anyone in this United States of America, black, white, Asian, American Indian, East Indian, South American, Puerto Rican, whomever. I don't think that there's anyone in this United States of America that wants to defund the police department, or for that matter, does not want policing in their neighborhoods. Let me say that again. I don't think that there's anyone on either side of the aisle that wants policing to be defunded, stopped, removed from their neighborhoods. Police are a very essential part of our fabric. The police department is extremely necessary for a plethora of reasons. What is being said is that the police department just needs to be tweaked. It needs to be readdressed. There are things that are going along in our police departments throughout the country that need to be addressed. And I think everybody would admit to that. Everyone who is at least sane. Nobody, nobody, no ethnicity, no religion wants to see gunplay, babies dying, people being shot for no reason at all in their neighborhood or in, for that matter in this country. I don't think anybody wants that. No civil-minded person, no intelligent person wants that type of violence from the police department, from the people that they are paying to protect and serve them. So I, I think the, the unions, I, I think the unions and I think the police departments need, need to calm down. Every police department, every fire department, every civil servant that works any place in this country needs a union need someone to speak for them, need someone to champion them. If we didn't have unions and police representatives on all levels, federal, state, or city, county, or whatever, these people who are doing magnificent jobs would not be getting paid properly. You know it, and I know it. So we need unions and we need representation for our frontline workers and our essential workers all over the country. No one wants to see police 
or fire defunded. They just want them to be addressed properly so that they do their job right, trained and properly organized by people who are capable of righting the wrong and adjusting the course of the, these ships. They need a compass, a moral compass. That's what they need. And that's all they need, in my opinion. Now, having said that, I'm going to shift gears here and I'm gonna talk about something that I hold very dear, which is the power of women. I I'm gonna come right out and say it. I personally think that this election, this pivotal point in history is going to be spearheaded and is gonna be won by women. I think, I think women, not only have they been second-class citizens, have they had to fight for their rights, not only have they been marginalized, not only have they been practically slaves, not only have they been disregarded. I remember marching with feminists in the 60s because I believed what they believed. And I'm a man, but I still believed in what they believed in. This is, and I'm a father, this is what I believe. I don't think that any man, any man should have the right to look down his nose, disrespect any woman in the world. And I also don't think that any man has the right to tell a woman what to do with her body. I don't think any man, I think that a man, husband, relationship, I think he should have a voice. I think he should be considered that I do, but it should be no more than 70, 40. 70% 70 women, maybe 30, 40% the man's opinion because it's her body. She must decide what to do with her body. Let's flip the coin for a minute, fellas. If a woman told you what to do with your penis, you would have a fit. You would have a S-H-I-T fit. You know it and I know it. That's why I think that women today need to come together, need to put themselves on the front line and need to decide who is going to represent us for the next four years in the White House. Women, all women need to come together and just like they fought for rights in the past, for voters' rights, for civil rights, for women's rights, I think they need to fight for the right to be powerful spokespeople in this administration. I think we need more women in government on all levels. I think women need to be acknowledged. I think women need to be respected. And I think women need to come up with some sort of game plan.
They may be different, as different as five fingers on a hand, but when they come together, they are a mighty fist. My mother, your mother, our aunts, our sisters, they need to come together and they need to get rid of this golden idiot. Because it's not gonna be the men. They've all tribalized. They've all gotten in their corners and put their hats on, cursed at all kinds of sport, sporting events. They've done their part. They've told you what they think. And they turn around and tell you what to do with your body. I hate to say it, but sometimes men get in their own way. We can be some of the biggest fools this world has ever produced. And I think they need to be put in place. And I think these women at this point in history, at this point in time, need to step up, need to come together like five fingers on a hand and become a mighty fist and knock this golden idiot off his pedestal. I believe you agree with me. <laughs> I, I want to have some women get in contact with me if you can. Please let me know how you feel about what I just said. If you support me, please subscribe. Please listen to my podcast and share it with other women and with other people because I'm trying to get ahead. I want to frighten Steve Harvey and uh, Howard Stern and let them know that I'm coming their way to take their job. As always, people, it's been a stone cold blast. Dave and Mary's baby boy signing off. And remember, if David Tittle isn't on your podcast, then your podcast is not really on. Ciao.